0: Every week seems to be a very challenging week. It'll, it, every week just presents these new challenges, new obstacles to overcome, and our God's faithful? Um, my biggest challenge is, at the end of the day, I, I, have to, I have to find peace with going, I did what I did, and it's got to be good enough. And in this process, I've been town liaison, and I've been, you know, a... You know a legal team and and an architect and, and a builder and a GC and all these things that I'm totally not comfortable all of these things I'm not qualified for but all these things that God has just given an anointing for the moment to do um and because of it it's i, I get sidetracked pretty often where I'm like lord i'm not spending enough time with you lord I, I'm, I'm in your presence as I'm doing these things I'm constantly praying in the spirit I praying in the spirit probably more than ever but that's my biggest challenge and that's that's something that um, the dudes in my life that are like how can we hold you accountable how can we pray for you I'm like hold me accountable in this I get so busy and I think I got accomplished so much that I haven't been spending as much time with the Lord as I need to Um, so it was interesting in my time with the Lord I'm like Lord I haven't gotten a message from you and I told you I'm never going to preach something that you didn't give me We'll just we'll just close in prayer We'll just read the passage like I did in Proverbs 3 and we'll just, we'll call it a night. Um, well, the Lord is so awesome because instead of giving me a sermon, he actually led me to several sermons. Um, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to do like a a synopsis. I'm going to do like a recap of these. Uh, Michael, I asked Michael to come up. As I was worshiping, um, the the Holy Spirit brought something to my remembrance and I, I grabbed Michael in the break. I'm like, Michael! Is it true that that in a movie, like there's normally three acts? He's like, yes, three acts. And I'm like, what do those acts normally do? And, and he was explaining. I'm like, would you explain that? So before I by, I kind of do my preach, um, I, I just asked Michael to explain how. Michael's a filmmaker for those of you who don't know. So he's an he's he's an expert. Okay, he's an authority on this. So uh, we brought in an expert tonight. Um, and just ask him to, to explain that what we talked about about the composition of three acts and what normally those three acts that make up film, what normally takes place in those acts. So thank you, Michael. I'm the authority. So just use an example as um, you know the the classic hero journey dragon story. So you've got uh, first act would be dragon comes to the town, destroys the town, and kidnaps the girl, and end of the first act, the hero, you know, we set up the conflict, and the hero decides, I'm going to go get that dragon. So the second act is all about kind of the hero's training, or overcoming part of the story, where he goes out and he finds a wizard, and he gets trained in how to defeat dragons. And so that leads up to uh, the third act, which is the climax, where you actually have the battle against the dragon, and then dragon is killed, and girl is saved, and they ride off into the sunset. So you set up the problem in the first act, the conflict. The second act is the uh, kind of getting trained up, working through that in the third act, conflict resolution. Okay. You've been educated. That is wonderful. Michael Freeman, everybody. <laughs> Director Mike. <laughs> so the first act is the conflict. The second act is the, the story and, and, and where it comes together and, and the journey. And then the third act is the resolution of that conflict. So here's here's what's interesting. The, what the Lord directed me to. Um, he, and this was this was I'm asking the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to study? Where do you want me to go? Lord, I've you know I had things in my quiet time. I shared you know Proverbs with you. And the Lord's like, you haven't listened to the three messages that were preached while you were gone. Brad preached a message then the next week. Andy preached a message then the next week. Kara preached a message. And So, I listened to those three messages. Um, I took notes on those three messages, um, just kind of in like a, a like one of the the functions I have you know like in a mentoring role you know when when one of the dudes preaches, you know I have kind of you know the positive and the negative, you nailed this, and this you know let's work on this and and that kind of thing so I, I ha- you know I did all that, just thinking that was the extent of it um, until I showed up here tonight, and the Lord's like, no, I want you to I want you to share this." And then the Lord kind of brought that to my mind about that I'd heard that before, that there's three acts. So keep that in mind as we're kind of doing a recap. Brad preached a message on grieving the Holy Spirit. He used Ephesians four, thirty through thirty-two. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander gossip be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you so this is our dragon this is our dragon okay now in every sermon I think these three acts probably existed in every sermon we identify the enemy the journey and the victory but for the sake of this 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 is very interesting how the Lord put this together Brad made some amazing points. He talked about he used a story of going out with your wife, and I, I don't want to verbatim repeat his story. But guys, you know when you're with your wife, and you you're not entirely certain. You might have a pretty good idea, but you're like, I've done something to upset her. She's with me, but she's not with me. You know, like you're holding a hand. You're like, and then you're like, oh crap, I'm in like. I'm in like recovery mode. Hey baby, you you look so pretty. Uh, you know, and she's like, "Thanks. Thanks." And she's with you, right? But she but she's not with you. She's with you because she loves you and she's committed to our our ridiculous selves. But you can tell you are like, "I don't know what I did, but I've done something to grieve her. I've done something to wound her. I've done something to hurt to hurt her. I've ignored her somehow. Now, she's with us. But we can tell it's like something's... There's not the, there's not the affection. Well, instead of the affection, Brad said there's not the anointing. He said the Holy Spirit never leaves us. But when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we walk with Him but without the anointing. It's a wonderful example of alignment and anointing. Alignment and anointing. he read about how Jesus when he was baptized that the Holy Spirit descended and remained upon Jesus and that Jesus walked his entire days with the Holy Spirit and the anointing remained upon him Jesus never grieved the Holy Spirit so at any moment he was anointed for any task the Father had at any moment because the Holy Spirit remained upon him the anointing remained upon him Brad of all that list that i read bitterness wrath anger clamor slander gossip along with all malice he highlighted bitterness and slander and he talked about two types of bitterness he said there's the surfacey quick bitterness and he said this is his quote he said if we're quick to irritation then we're quick to push away the anointing of the holy spirit so it was asked what are we quick to guys are we quick are we quick to grace are we quick to joy are we quick to praise? Or are we quick to irritation? And are we quick to bitterness? And are we, are we quick to grudges? And are we quick to, to malice or any of these things? And then he talked about the second thing. Deep-rooted bitterness. Friends, this is on the Lord's heart for this church. Brad said it in his message, and I'm saying right now. This is on the Lord's heart for this church. If there's deep-rooted bitterness, guys, we have got to give that to the Lord. We have got to repent. Repentance is beautiful, guys. It's not this heavy thing, but please let it let it be emotional, but it doesn't have to be. Let it be emotional because there's reality and there's genuineness. Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I've sinned. You've gone in this direction and I stayed in my place and I didn't follow because this bitterness kept me from going where you wanted me to go. If There's bitterness, guys. Let's take care of it. God brought this word. It's interesting, guys. Just you know, when we preach sermons, um, We have what we call one-offs. It's like, hey, what's the Lord giving you this week? Ah, He gave me a one-off. What does that mean? That means sometimes in the middle of our sermon, like we'll deviate from the like like a series. We'll deviate from the series because the Holy Spirit's given us something else. We're preaching apples, and and the Holy Spirit gave us you know a sermon on porcupines. And so by golly, we're preaching on porcupines because that's what the Holy Spirit gave. We call it a one-off. These three messages that Brad and then Andy and then Kara brought. We would we would call them one-offs, but they're not, because God put together this this theme. He read Proverbs sixteen twenty-eight that says a, dis- a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates co- close friends. He talked about gossip. He read from First Peter three. I'd encourage you to go there. It was I mean it's just this. This was a wonderful message. The point of it was sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And that we can walk our life with the Holy Spirit, never leaving us and never forsaking us. But we can also walk devoid of his anointing because we refused to have his heart. God has given us everything we need. The Holy Spirit has equipped us with everything we need to walk every day with anointing. That is the truth He gave us. That there's there's fruit that we get to look at and go, fruit, proof, encouragement. I'm walking along these things. I've got the fruit of the Spirit manifest in my life. Love, joy, peace, check, check, check. Yay! Finally, I'm walking with Him. And that, that encourages us. And it uplifts us. And we seek to have a fruitful life. And He gives us gifts. We get to walk in those gifts. If we've got the fruit in our lives, then we know how to walk in those gifts so that people aren't getting hurt. We're not doing it to build ourselves up there, to build our own ministry, but to glorify Jesus Christ. He's given us all that so that we can walk in anointing. But we have to walk with Him. We have to stop when He stops. We have to go when He goes. We have to repent when he says repent we have to forgive when he goes you haven't forgiven we need to obey it was really good all of our messages guys especially these three they're they're on our podcast they're on our website go back and listen to all three of these They, they were awesome messages I was so encouraged the next week Andy brought us to the second act The name of his message was, We Were Made for Relationship. And he had two points, two strong points of emphasis. We were made for relationship with God. And as such, we were made for relationship with each other. So the dragon was presented in Act 1. And the things that keep us from relationship with God, keep us from close intimate relationships with one another that the enemy was exposed in act one of what we need to be militant and aggressive and what we need to fight against. And then in act two, Andy was just... He did the wonderful job of staying on a theme and driving that point home. And that was look at everything that God has done to ensure relationship with you and I. And He pointed out everything the Father did. And He pointed out everything that the Son did. And He pointed out everything that the Holy Spirit does so that we can have relationship with Him. And when we have relationship with Him, we get this thrill of having godly relationship with one another. Whether we get to exercise everything that we saw from our awesome God. And we get to have those relationships with grace and patience. And believe in the best. And He told this great story. That, that, he, that he heard from a, that he experienced in an HR meeting and after the meeting, it was very full of, it was emotional and very full of, you know, I, I got the sense that it was just like volatile emotional. And the HR director said, basically, the, I don't want to quote her, but here, here was her message. An emotional response doesn't bring about an emotional response. When there's an emotional response, take a second. And, and it doesn't even sound like she was a believer. She's like, take a second, step back, gather yourself, get your thoughts, see if you can kind of come up with with a good response and then move back in, understanding that an emotional response is an emotional response. And believe the best. Believe the best about that person's heart. Believe the best and approach it in a different way. And he really drove home the point about spending time in God's Word. He said, if you love God, man, you gotta love His Word. If you want to know God, spend time in His Word. You want to know God? It is full of so many great things, so many great, great facets of our awesome God. But He said, it's not, he, goes, "He goes, guys, I'm not all about just talking about God's Word. Spend time with God. Spend time with Him." He read from Philippians three seven through eight. But whatever gain I had. I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He posed a really great question. Are we pursuing knowledge of God? Or are we pursuing the knowing of God? He talked about the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the pursuit of knowledge versus knowing. He talked about Paul. Paul had all this. He was a smart man. He was brilliant. He called himself a Jew of all Jews. He knew the law. He knew knew the Torah. He knew knew Scripture that that spoke of a Messiah. But he didn't know the Messiah until a fateful afternoon on the road to Damascus and when he encountered Jesus Christ. Then his life was forever changed. Why? Because it wasn't just knowing of of God or knowing the word. It was knowing Jesus. And then he, he talked really affectionately. He really found his groove. I have that in my notes. I'm like, man, you really found your groove. As he talked about the ways that now we grow in relationship with one another. Because we're first centered in Christ. He talked about that we allow time and money and assumption and beliefs about ourselves and our personality types, our houses. He threw all these obstacles out there and said, guys, let's just overcome them. If we value relationship, we have to be intentional about relationship. It was awesome. And then Kara preached a message called the love of God. Act three. the hero walks onto the scene in power and in strength. The solution laid before him. The battle begins. The victory is there. The music happens. Medals are put around necks. Droids shake with happiness. I know I'm mixing genres, but the dragons defeat it. And Kara talked about the pursuit of God and how much He loves us. She used a story about sometimes there's this girl and her friend's like, he totally likes you. No, no. Yes, he does. He's done this and this and this. How can you not see it? He he totally likes you. No, no, yeah. He's done this and this and this. And then she's like, well, do you think it meant that when he did this? Yes, he likes you. And then she's like, we do that with God sometimes. We're like, He doesn't love me? Oh, are you kidding me? He loves you so much. He's done this and this and this. He loves you. You think so? Yes. Look what else He's done. He did this and this and this. He loves you. He's pursuing you. He's he's chasing you. He's trying to capture your heart. He loves you so much. Maybe you're right. I am right. She read from Romans 5.8 that said, But God showed... His love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. She made this awesome point. He didn't wait until we had our best day. Right? He didn't wait until we had our best day. He didn't wait until we were on our A game. He died for us when? When we were sinners. When we were at our worst. She reminded us that we called by him his children and that this is what we are she told us that his love is unconditional and he's constantly pursuing us constantly wanting to captivate us she said God wants to capture our hearts and that I love how redundant she was she goes, God wants to capture our hearts over and over and over and over and over again. But I screwed up. He wants to capture our hearts again. But I've been away for so long. He wants to capture our hearts again. I've never had my heart captivated, captivated by Him. That He wants to captivate your heart now right now for the first time and then once you've given him your heart he wants to capture it again and again and again he's constantly pursuing us and the enemy is defeated because of his ridiculous devotion to us and that he never gives up on us and that his love never fails she said God will stop at nothing to get our attention God will stop at nothing to get our affection. Thank you, Lord. Why is this important? Sometimes God speaks things and we're so busy with the next thing that we don't take inventory of what he just got done saying. Sometimes it's good to recap, to sit back and recap and so say, okay, Lord, so this is what you're saying to me. So so church, this is what the Lord is saying to us. He desires that we walk in his anointing all the time. Because he needs us all the time. There's things that he wants us to do and to be ready in season and out. And he wants us ready, but as part of that readiness. Byron, if you can come up, please. It's part of that readiness. There's got to be repentance, guys. We've got to remove bitterness. We've got to remove ought. We've got to remove unforgiveness. We've got to remove slander and malice. And we've got to stand against gossip. And the beauty of that is that when we we're with Him and we flow in Him and we, and we see the fruits of kindness and love and gentleness, that... And he uses us in ways that are just humbling and amazing. That's an awesome reminder. Thank you, Lord, for speaking that. It reminded us of the need for relationship with him. Guys, be with me. the Lord saying, "Be with me, be with me, be with me, I love you, be with me." And he wants us to do that because he really God really cares about relationship. He really cares about relationship. Everything's relationship. But he wants us to do it his way. He's the boss. He calls the shots. And to have effective relationship with one another, we have to first have this in alignment. Otherwise, what? There's no grace. Otherwise, there's no love. Otherwise, it's just a matter of picking up and dropping, picking up and dropping, picking up and dropping, moving on from this relationship. Ah, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. Leaving. Leaving. He's going, no, I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm going to stand next to that wonderful, stubborn sucker. I'm going to stand next to him. I'm going to have grace and patience. And then the Lord wrapped it all up by saying, love, 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 love. Do you remember the picture Kara showed? Do you remember the picture that God gave her? With the flames that were like uncontrollable. And the Lord told her when she painted that, said, you're not going to be able to control my love. You like to be in control, but you can't control this. It's going to be unpredictable, but it's going to be awesome. But you've got to give me your all. You've got to surrender. And it's going to be colorful and wild, but I'm in control you got to you got to give me your all you got to give me your affection you got to give me your love cuz i'm constantly pursuing you and i'm never giving up on you sometimes we, we we go man i'm so glad that that person came up with that message i'm so glad that person did that friends that's not how it works we start we start every sermon the same way i don't care who's preaching we start the same way lord this is your church and these are your people and i am your servant so what do you want to say to your people and to your church and to your servant, Lord? And I'll say it. That's how we start, every time. Lord, what you want to say, we're going to say, because this is all yours. Have your way. So this is what the Lord's speaking to us, guys. So here's what, here's what we got to respond. Maybe it took the second time to hear this message before we hit our knees in repent of bitterness. Maybe it'll take that time being in his presence before we say Lord I think there's more I think there's more than just bitterness Lord I think there's other stuff that doesn't glorify you and that hinders me from walking in your anointing and I want to give you that too we're supposed to be in relationship with one another Jesus Jesus could have done it by himself if there's any man that's walked this earth that could have done it by himself it was Jesus and that's not what he did he wouldn't have said follow me come with me be a part of my team. Follow me. Come here. Leave the, tape, the tax tables. Follow me. I, I, it Doesn't matter if you're not qualified. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I want to be with you. I want to just. Uh, I want you on my team. Come with me. We're gonna. We're gonna do this unbelievable thing. We're gonna change the world. The barriers of sin and shame are gonna be destroyed, and there's gonna be unfettered access to the Father. Come with me. You're part of it. Come with me. Jesus surrounded Himself with people and they had relationship. And then that team grew, and it grew, and it grew. So we're supposed to be in relationship, guys, not just with God, but with one another. But guys, it all comes back to the love of God. And if the Lord wants to speak every single week the love of God, then that's what we're going to speak every single week. But He is pursuing us, guys. But there has to be a point that we say, okay, you win. You win. Here it is. Here's all of it. Here. But I'm ashamed of it. And he's like, "No, no, no. No. I paid the price for it." You you're you're awesome. But Lord, it's ugly and Lord, I'm not at my best." And he's like, "I know. I, and when you weren't at your best, I made allowance for that. And that's when I saved you when you were at your worst, because it's not about you, it's about me." Friends, when we when we hear these words, when we hear a sermon, when we spend time in the word, we gotta grab a hold of it and say, God, you're speaking to me. You still speak, you're always speaking, and I acknowledge you're speaking now. So just in our own way, can we just close our eyes and do that right now? And just acknowledge that God is speaking to you and I, and he's speaking to this church, and he's speaking to our families. And he's even speaking things that have not been contained in a sermon. Because his Holy Spirit's always guiding us into the truth of Jesus Christ that is so multifaceted. So let's just acknowledge him just for a brief moment let's acknowledge he's speaking and friends just respond respond by saying yes respond by committing to repent and, and just repenting it doesn't have to be a grandstand it just has to be genuine and respond by saying you've been pursuing me Lord I, I give you my all I give you me